This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host for episode 246, although it's actually more than that. We used to have a lot of half editions, 0.5 editions, so I don't know, must be over 300. Joining me to discuss the latest happenings at Villa Park and Buddy Moore Heath, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm buzzing. I uh, had a couple of days uh, away, which involved uh, at one stage going to uh, Atletico Bilbao Stadium on a tour just before a flight back home. What an experience. I'm glad I went because I saw the blueprint of what Villa should be doing. I don't think they'll get anywhere near it because that's a new stadium and the way it's built, it's a self-guided tour. And I, you know, I was walking around the the locker rooms, the, you know, on the pitch, hospitality, press room, the museum is exceptional. And I think it's got one of Europe's top awards for a museum. It's as good as any museum I've been to in terms of like modern, you know, and being engaging. You can create a whole experience. And Bilbao had the, you know, Fletica had the whole Bilbao Basque angle. And uh, the history is quite interesting. And Villa really need to uh, add muscle to the story of being, you know, like the founders and throw in what happened in the Second World War and the First World War and, you know, give it all that history enrichment and context. And you could really uh, big up Villa as one of the fathers of English football. And uh, I mean, Bilbao was actually people from Britain going over there to work on like the, the iron the iron ore or whatever that brought football over there. So there's a lot of scope for the Villas if they do it properly. And I don't know if I trust them. Our supporters need to get on their case to find out exactly what they're proposing in terms of museums, uh, etc. But anyway, if you're going through there, I, I recommend it. And it's it's only about £14 as well. And it's, it's a great museum and tour and a great stadium as well. Reminded me of, well, I went to the Budapest Stadium for the Euros and it's very similar kind of layout it's one of those bowls that lights up at night how are you chaps I'm very well yeah very well doing anything exciting watching Glastonbury or anything I did see a bit of Glastonbury and I've been working on some music for Formula One in the last couple of weeks which has been an interesting well, challenge and yeah, keeping keeping my not eyes on not as challenging as watching a load of old farts at Glastonbury (laughs) butchering their back catalogues with vocal cords that can hardly well when you're a 76 year old Elton John who can hardly walk it's there's there's a lot of fooling of the well the public are spending hundreds of pounds to watch pensioners basically it's it's funny how rock and roll actually evolved to the state where it's just one last one last cash grab I mean Blondie 
I don't know what was going on there. I mean, Blondie, Guns N' Roses were horrendous. Blondie have as good a songs as probably anybody, but I mean, I saw them in the 90s and people were heckling them just because they looked kind of a joke then. Now, you know, poor old Debbie Harry's just Botoxed up to the gunnels and it looks like, what's that horror film? A House of Wax? Or, or, or it's a, <laughs> oh, I had to turn it off. It would be giving me nightmares. But yeah, Guns N' Roses, I mean, his vocal range is, is shot through, yeah. isn't it? Vocal cords like Henry Lansbury's hamstrings. Yeah. Oh, there's a put down, Phil. Live TV always really shows it up as well. There's no and escape. that's with the post-production on the broadcast as well. You know, they'll have somebody in a broadcast truck doing work on it. Yeah, there was no saving it. BBC and Joe Wilde is the worst. The, the way they hype it up is it's the greatest thing ever, Glastonbury. And it's, you know, it's not what it used to be, where we used to jump the fence or burrow under the fence. And uh, acts used to be like rock and roll age, not drawing their pensions. Anyway, we, we digress. Right, should we talk about uh, Virgin Galactic sending up their first flight? Or should we talk about Villa sending up another juicy centre-back to our collection. Yeah, it's just getting with the villain news. I'm not interested in uh, interplanetary stuff. Well, I am. I'm more interested in that than football, to be honest with you. It's just <laughs> I'm not going to uh, live long enough to see the fruition of all this interplanetary stuff. It's much more exciting than football. If I could I'd do a podcast about interplanetary travel, I would, but there's not much of that going on at the moment. Well, not from uh, us humans, anyway. Right, uh, villain news it is. Right, uh, first of all, we'll talk about this uh, in more detail uh, as the main bit of the show, I think. Old Pau Torres looks like he's going to be reunited with his former manager at Villarreal. They, they won the Europa League together. Will they win it again together? Looks like the deal's agreed. Five years, up to 2028. He's 20... How old is he? 26? So... Yeah. Uh, right in his prime. All, all his prime years for Villa, hopefully. If he uh, is a good match for the Premier League, more of that later. How much is it? Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Telegraph says it's 31.5. The Guardian, for example, and others say it's 35 million. And TalkSport say it's 55 million. <laughs> Aston Villa will not drop 55 million on a centre-back when it's not even a, uh, a need in terms of a desperate need. This is more big kind of optics, big plan Emery uh, purchase rather than uh, we need this to really kind of kick on type thing isn't it yeah so he's, he's not going to drop 55 million which is almost double our record signing on the on somebody if he was a 55 million man then he'd have been swooped up by Madrid or United or somebody so I think 30 ballpark is uh, considering there was interest uh, by others then I, I would say that's a fair guesstimate yes <laughs> 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 the 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 badge situation doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be the only uh, change that's afoot at Villa from their original commercial plans. There's going to be another residence consultation July the fifth, uh, I believe, regarding the North Stand redevelopment and Villa Live. Looks like Villa Live's going to be iced. Uh, for the Speed foreseeable the future yeah. and the Stumps Academy, which was going to be wrecking balled, uh, from what I remember. Thank God. Is not anymore. Oh, dear. So uh, that's going to be renovated 
as a, well, like a fan zone as it is now, but also the club are going to run Operation Villa Park from it and their basic offices will be in that. I think so they can convert at the North Stand, use that as the actual, put the shop in there and uh, also like a, a kind of a cafe experience as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the change is there. But obviously, I don't know if that's a, f- a financial one or... Uh, what the uh, ethos is behind that so we'll i'm sure we'll find out uh, in the next week or so villa's fabulous new sponsor bk8 <clears throat> weird thing uh, about them I, there's somebody an enterprising chap on twitter who's set up one of his tricks is he, he removes the sponsor off shirts with like a yes kind of a i saw this industrial <laughs> iron thing and the interesting thing is like you have i mean i think you had like 500 offers uh, already to do villa shirts but you also see people in the comments saying oh can you put sponsors on children's shirts as well so there is that Mm. that it's not this like betting sponsors are bad and that's what everybody thinks it's it's far from it there's also that ethos of well if you're going to take them off the children's shirts that means the children's shirt isn't authentic and it needs that sponsor on people are it's weird about sponsors how they're kind of desperate to have them on the shirts i mean in an ideal world there shouldn't be any but some people don't think if it's not there, then it's not a complete shirt. Anyway, our friend BK8, our own, or, or the, the company that owns the trademark worldwide, Blackhawk Technology, will be struck off the UK registry of companies and forcibly dissolved from the 2nd of Gen- July onwards, unless cause is shown to the contrary. This is from a notice served uh, the 2nd of May. So all assets held by the company would then be the property of the Crown. So what happens to the sponsorship? That's a good question, isn't it? At the very least, they can change the name of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To, uh, I don't know, Acorns or uh, Mitre. Go retro. MyOldManSaid.com. That would be pretty good if they... Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's more uh, shadiness. It's it's just... uh, they just went for the money. There, there's no moral backbone in that, that that kind of commercial staff department. It's uh, it's all down to the money and data at the end, and that's when it bites you in the in the ass when you don't actually go for a bit of quality at the expense of uh, you know a, f- a few quid. But uh, we sh- we'll see how that plays out. Meanwhile, V Sports, Aston Villa's parent company, has reduced its stake in the Portuguese outfit Victoria to 29%, returning 17 in order to comply with all UEFA regulations and ensure the independence of both clubs. They're both in the UEFA Conference League, aren't they? Yep. 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 So I think that's just to make sure there's no complications. Yeah, just a bit of housekeeping, there. isn't it? Make yeah. sure that both clubs don't get kicked out of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, well, Juventus be... kicked out, uh, Osasuna <laughs> kicked out, Aston Villa kicked out, there'd be nobody left. Yeah, well, there's going to be an investigation. I think Brighton's going to be one of the other team's investigators, so I think this is just getting off the radar before the investigation's needed. Right, and the water battery kicks in. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, under-21s, Cameron Archer has got on the score sheet, assist, assisted by uh, Jacob Ramsey as England rock on in the uh, under-21 Euros. As they finish the group stages with three wins out of three, they're due to play Portugal uh, in the knockouts, I do believe. That'd be a good one. It's a good goal, actually, that from Archer. Great yeah, it goal was, actually. Ramsey. Really it good was, finish. 
It's kind of typical of his finishing, isn't it? Yeah, very composed. Meanwhile, Bailey, he did the full spectrum, Bailey, of his uh, he arsenal. Did, didn't he did, this week. <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously the headlines that you'll see on the on the uh, the club's output is a goal and assist for Jamaica in their 4-1 win over Trinidad and Tobago, but he missed an absolute sitter within like the six-yard yeah. box. And of course, there was a US game before that where he, he missed a penalty, penalty and then yeah. missed the open net rebound. But of course, the, the highlight was him doing a nutmeg in his own half at the, the corner flag. Yeah. But yeah, this miss was a was a bit of a shocker. I mean, we're not here to dwell on the uh, the negative, but whew, 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 whew. if he did that in a Villa shirt, it'd be out. What do you mean? If he did it again in a Villa shirt, he'd be yeah, out. Yeah, sorry, if he did it again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Phil. He's the big. Po- Let's call him the polarizer. <laughs> this new nickname. Like it? That's going to stick. <laughs> Get that on the back of uh, one of these BK8 new shirts. The polarizer. Meanwhile. The Foo Fighters will try again to play at Villa Park yeah. next year, June, 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 after Pink and Bruce Springsteen. It looks like Villa are desperate to uh, get Villa Park as a recognised yearly summer venue for uh, music gigs. don't know if they're so keen on World Supercross now, motocross, because it seems like... They can't, they can't give them away, can they, the tickets for that? Cutting those prices so low, yeah, that it's getting to uh, the point where you think, are the event organisers actually making any money here? They're the ones that have like had to ship in a tonne of mud, well, several tonnes of mud by the looks of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Kessler out on loan to Plymouth for the season. It's about as far as away from Villa Park as you can get, isn't it, <laughs> in, in England? Yeah. So, uh, obviously not fancied already yet to uh, really play in one of the fullback cover fullback at the very least. Mm-hmm. So surely there's a, uh, a right back incoming. That's what's been interesting. I mean, the transfer window's barely kicked in i think it's just starting isn't it this week really together but a few big moves landed you've had week, like madison such a spursy signing that is yeah and rice prefer tillemans to madison madison kind of needs room doesn't he to play if you know what i mean it's like yeah it's not going to fit every system i think that's why conti put him on the back burner in terms of getting him in but we have a more of a system rather than players making a system I think the players come in to serve a system, and I think that Tillemans would do that better and be more adaptable and useful than uh, a player like Madison. The Arsenal-Declan-Rice situation, what do you reckon about that? Mm. It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money for Declan-Rice. Are they looking at him as that's going to be the difference to get us over the line in in a league tussle? Yeah, they see him as being the man, don't they? I think you don't pay money for that kind of player if you don't. He's kind of the player that you think actually they've been lacking, so it, it could turn out to be, well, I'd never say money well spent. But I mean, yeah, in right terms move. of what a player would do on a pitch, just on a pitch, I would, and you had to pay 100 million for either Grealish or Rice, I would probably put him on Rice. With Grealish, you get all that the brandability. <laughs> brandability, for want of a better term, yeah. So that's, that has to factor in. But uh, just in terms of on-field performance, I, I would go I really for like Rice, Rice all the time. Yeah, I, I've got nothing against Rice whatsoever. Always, always, when you see him interviewed or whatever, he always comes across quite a likable, likable chap, a good leader, a good it's, kind of person. It's more on the pitch what you want. You don't spend mm. hundred million on somebody because he's likable in some like, interviews. I think in terms of like you know he'll, he'll fit in well with your you know, he'll be a big personality. Is kind of what I mean. Well, I think he's probably already the biggest personality going into Arsenal because he's got some bottle. <laughs> he's won something. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, good point. Maybe that's why they got paid a hundred million for him. That any Aluku thing was a bit of a 
it's this this is just what Twitter exists yeah. on, just the vapor of dung fumes, doesn't it? <laughs> There's a reason why Villa got rid of her and uh, Angel City, her like one of the more progressive footballing outfits, the uh, LA women's team, and they got rid of her as well. So uh, all you, tells you all you need to know, really. I'll leave it to the judgment of others on that one. Before we go on, a big shout out to NordVPN as this show sponsors. If you are looking for a way to protect your privacy online, and also give yourself access to watch sporting events, TV shows, films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that you can access that event from. Then NordVPN offers you the fastest VPN in the world with no buffering, lagging while streaming. And also, there's many advantages from a VPN NordVPN is a price of a cup of coffee a month, and you can use it on six devices as well, so you can spread it around uh, your family and friends. Personally, I use it on my home computer, my laptop, and also my mobile. You can grab the exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash moms to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus uh, a bonus gift of a free month. And it's completely risk-free because Nord has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you very much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, three points. Number one, Canada, who along with the USA are the co-hosts of the 2026 World Cup. Is it the Football Federation? Just their team is at risk of bankruptcy. It's their men's men's football federation. They've got very little cash reserves, haven't they? Yeah, their cash reserves have fallen from 7.1 million Canadian dollars to 2.4 million this year. So that's 7.1 a year. Is that like their income or what, what's the that, deal? That's their, that's their cash reserves. That's money in the bank. All right. Okay. So, and they're already being investigated by the Canadian Parliament because of poor governance. So is this because they've been spending on this World Cup bid or what? It's spending on the World Cup bid and just, just being poorly run. It's, this money's been leaking out. Their interim general secretary, Jason DeVos, who used to play, said they he's seriously looking into filing for bankruptcy protection because obviously in real terms it means that international friendlies are under threat. 
He says that the men's team, which, as we said, are going to co-host the World Cup in 2026, had already lost out in friendlies against Saudi Arabia and South Korea, and they were forced to fly economy class after their match against the US earlier this month. So no money to even prepare for the World Cup that they're hosting. Exactly. They should, and when they you, should maybe take a leaf out of Qatar and not pay people. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the, and, this and, is and, it. You, you know, starve them. That that, that kind of normally works. You can get away with that. Point number two, or even get uh, Mr. Kante to buy them out because he has, with his new Saudi cash, he's, he's getting like almost. 86 million a season with uh, Al Etihad. Yeah. The, the champions of uh, Saudi Arabia. He's bought uh, Belgium third tier outfit Royal Excelsior Verton. What's what's the deal there? It's a great name, isn't it? If you're going to buy a team, you're going to pick a team with a good name. Like All right, fair enough. Royal Moving on. <laughs> no, but the, the best bit is, it's the club statement. This was good. N'Golo Kante invites all the living forces of the territory to join a project which wants to be unifying and worthy of the supporters of Excelsior. All together, always hire. Squirrels, yeah. birds, <laughs> rabbits, badgers. Come on, let's go. Right, point number it's three. Like animals are farthing wood, isn't it? Toad of Toad Hall and his friends. Yeah. Well. P- Peter Rabbit, let's go. Point number three. Dying Brazilian leaves his possessions to Neymar in a will. I've read a little bit about this. This is a chap who's uh, in bad health. Sounds like terminal. And he's fallen out with most of his relatives. He doesn't want uh, them to take his things. And, uh, you know, obviously, if there's if there's nobody, if they can't find any relatives, uh, it goes to the government. So he doesn't want that to happen. So he likes Neymar. He identifies with him. He's also suffered with defamation. He's very family orientated. These are the uh, reasons why this unidentified man wants to leave all, whatever, I don't know what he's got, but leave his uh, worldly possessions to uh, the Brazilian football player. He says the relationship with his father reminds me a lot of my father who has passed away. It's not the first time that this guy's tried to give everything to Neymar. Uh, I think uh, Neymar's kind of resisted it uh, when he got wind of it, but uh, this man has got it all signed up at the uh, local notary office, which means uh, Neymar is legally entitled to the man's assets when he dies. Yeah. It'd be funny if it turns out that he actually is richer than Neymar. <laughs> hmm. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of leaving all my debt to Mega Richards, just for a bit of payback. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's another way of doing it, isn't it? For players that you think have let you down in the past, and if you die and you and you actually owe owe money or you want to basically invoice your funeral costs to somebody do it to uh ex villa players who have not produced shall we say right uh let's talk more about uh mr torres not the fernando torres of finance he's already out the door mr perslow this is pal torres who probably career highlight i would say would be playing for villarreal in that europa league win with uh, emery as the manager against manchester united 11 10 on penalties after a one-all draw i remember watching that on some dodgy stream uh, when i was away somewhere i can't remember where mr torres actually popped up with one of the 11 penalties that night it's a good sign people will need him in europe competition he was also in uefa's team of the tournament pretty pretty decent season this season i mean villarreal also 
requalified for the Europa League, but he has played in the Champions League. And I mean, there's been a lot of interest in him over the years, hasn't there? I mean, Spurs were very close, but that was the season that Villarreal were actually in the Champions League. So why would he leave Villarreal in the Champions League when Spurs at that time were only in for the Europa League? Real Madrid were meant to be interested at a point that never transpired. Manchester United were always on the sniff as well. Obviously played him first-hand in that final. So why, why do you think he's ended up at Villa, apart from Emery and not the usual suspects? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Especially with his age profile. You'd have thought it'd have been a really obvious move for those clubs, unless they just feel that we're well set. And maybe it's a similar thing with, uh, you know, like when we when we got Diego Carlos a year ago, where it's just a bit of a sort of a strange one that why isn't a either a big team on the continent or a team in England taking a punt. Who knows? Because Bayern were meant to be interested in them as well. Yeah, they've yeah. gone down. They look like they've gone down a different route because yeah. you look at all the sort of scouting reports and et cetera, and he kind of ticks most of the boxes of what you'd look for for a top quality centre-back. And generally with the Spanish ones, yeah, they're all going to be technically good. To well, play that, that's in the, the main the reason team. he's bought, I would say. It's just for, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. for fully realising uh, the way that Emery wants to yeah. play. Yeah, I think so. Ultimately, I mean... He's he's not the most let's say he's he's not Mings put it that way in terms of aerial ability and able to dominate in that way. So that that well, he's a modern defender, isn't he? Yeah, that's one of the question marks. Is can he tough it out in the Premier League? But I think if he, if he's playing alongside Mings, for example, then it's a similar what happens now, and yeah. it's always. You know, if, if it if it is indeed a, a partnership, uh, it's always the way the cookie crumbles. You have one guy that is the uh, the guy that meets the danger, who attacks the ball, and then the other guy's the the guy that sweeps up and gets things you know rolling. Some people are saying, well, he's a left sided, uh, left footed centre back, but you're thinking, well, he plays with both feet, though. Yeah, surely there's there's a two footed player that's around thirty million in existence because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're making out as if the change from being on the left side of centre-back to the right side of centre-back is like changing from, I don't know, like goalkeeper to striker. It's not that big a change. I mean, it's, just, it's the same position. When I started out as a kid, I would play uh, left side of a centre-back partnership and I'm right-footed. And my left foot's not that great, to be honest. But I never, never felt inconvenienced uh, in any way. So I don't think it's a biggie, really. But you would imagine that would be the pairing, wouldn't you? Yeah, especially since so, yeah. especially since Emery, you know, he oversaw Mings getting a new contract. If he didn't fancy him that month, he would have just let that run down. You'd think because you know Conza and Torres. I'm not as confident as Torres and Mings, but the big question is Diego Carlos because that was the big question anyway. What yeah. was he going to do? Was he going to break that partnership? Unless he just wants them to be, you know, competing. And maybe you think, I don't know yet, but if you're spending that kind of money on a player, especially a defensive player, you're bringing him into play, aren't you? So it's Torres and someone. Yeah, and you got Mings, who's just broken back into the England squad, who, big, big reason why we got into Europe. Yeah, he's probably playing, let's be honest, the best football since he's been at the club, isn't he, consistently? Yeah, one of the least. best centre-backs in the league. There's no dispute yeah. here. Especially statistically. So I think Cons is your fall guy here. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful thing to have four centre backs like this because you're going to need them across uh, yeah. if you if you're going to take the European side of things seriously. So that's all good. But obviously, as you know, supporters, you like to talk about the the first eleven. So that is the big question mark. And Diego Carlos could probably play alongside him as well. But there's a lot of question marks about Carlos because he's coming back from a serious injury. He's done fuck all in the Premier League so far because he's he hasn't had chance to, has he? 
Yeah, well, the, all we have to, to go on is um, him getting out-muscled or sort of being lost against Bournemouth, being pretty good against Everton until the last 10 minutes. So that's really all we have to go on. And then, of course, he came back from injury, didn't he, in sort of end of March, April, and he had about, was it 10 minutes at the Wolves or something? That's all he's played, really. He was unlucky that, of course, the, the team's fortunes were so good he didn't get a look in, so he's a long way behind everyone at the moment. And if Torres is coming out, I can't see Carlos playing in front of him. So no, no. it's Carlos versus Mings, if you're asking me, uh, in terms of the straight shootout. Yep. Or does Carlos make way and move on already? Okay. I think Which would be one of the most bizarre situations business. <laughs> in uh, in our recent history. Well, unless he goes to Saudi Arabia, you're going to make a, a severe loss on him. Yeah, I just think he can compete for his place. I think that you, uh, the fact that we're in Europe probably helps us. That you know you can get these guys a bit of game time. I think if you want to go for it in the cups as well, at least you know you've got players like Carlos Conza, Dara saving Chambers in the mix as well, who's a sl- obviously slightly more of a utility player. I don't think Chambers will get a look in at centre back, but he will be in the squad. I think. I don't know. Um, I can't see Chambers. Options. Chambers doesn't exist in my in my world going next season because you've got Tiller coming in you're overstocked in terms of all possibilities at dm yeah and then you've got center backs coming out of your your ears to put yeah. it politely no, I, I get that i get that <laughs> so chambers has got to go well he didn't have to go but you know what i mean it yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be surplus to requirements it's, it depends how lean and mean you want your you also got to look at these things from the player's point of view which yeah, chambers gonna is going to be it. thinking well i'm not going to get much game time now what's carlos thinking that's the other situation here but also, Carlos is looking at his bank account and his wages, and yeah. uh, he'll have to move somewhere where he obviously gets rewarded unless he really wants to play. And, for, you know, that's the most important thing. Stats-wise, I mean, when you compare him to other centre defenders in La Liga, I mean, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? He's one of the yes. top players in the league. It's uh, His touches playing out from the back compared to other central defenders. Now, obviously, that's, that's the way Emery plays. That's the reason he's been bought. It for, has 2,560. Now, if you compare that with the Premier League ones, the, the highest one there is Lewis Dunk with 3,520, so it's more. But Mings and Konza between them are quite close with 2,268 and 2,264. Let's see, he's, he's not at the heights of Lewis Dunk for a number of touches, but he is more than Mings and Konza. Passes completed 1,846. He had the most out of any defender in La Liga. Most passes in the final third out of any defender. Most well, That's goals. the most interesting thing, isn't it? Because that's uh, the whole ethos of Emery and his coaches is... The whole idea of passing out the back is to create attacks. It's 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 intrinsically linked. So if you've got a centre back who's making the most passes in the final third in the whole of La Liga, then that tells you a lot. Also, like most through balls as well. But also, he's brave in possession, isn't he? Yeah, I mean the the stats in the the, the scan report that I read on him was basically that he's you know a lot of obviously centre backs they get their passing stats up by going backwards and back to the keeper or across. Um, so they always tend to have quite a high completion rate. He tends to play into midfield. He plays through the lines really well, or he'll carry the ball. He's you know he's really good actually at running with the ball. You know, essentially, he's a progressive player rather than a hit it long down the line or keep well, it simple. The most he take will ons as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So you think he will actually. Um, especially with the way we were trying to play, where you know you draw a team on and play through that initial sort of first phase of press, as they call it, they're probably bringing him in because he is probably better at doing that than Konza. Yeah, so he will. He you could see him pushing on, and then if Kamara's in the team, you can see him dropping back to cover. I mean, it's in theory, it's good because you you have seen Mings striding forward on occasion. So if you have Mings and Torres, either one of them can stride forward. 
like I said, it's just about yeah, not knowing which one's going to be the one to take it forward. Yeah, that's just you know you drill your team. But I think because some teams you play against, you're you're almost crying to your centre backs to just step into midfield a little bit and go go on, take the game to the opposition. Yeah. If they're backing off you, they're allowing you on. Because when Mings does it, it's it's a lot less like fluid, like Torres would be doing. It's more like he's a disruptor. It's like a bull in a yeah. china shop just smashing but things up, and you're like, "Oh, where's he going?" And he just keeps on going. I mean, but and it's quite by this fun, point, but it's not controlled, is it? By this way, Kamara's already dropped back to cover him, and there is a bit. Yeah. It's like more anarchy than kind of fluid mm-hmm. uh, addition. So I think this is yeah. where this kind of uh, take you know sets up. Yeah. The last two seasons, he's actually, strangely, for, for quite a big guy, he's sort of 6'3", six, 6'4", six, isn't he? So he's a tall centre-back, but he's actually in the top five in the league for speed. So for someone big, he's actually very mobile as well, which I think will be really important for him in the Premier League. Because his, his weakness is, I mean, despite his height, he's, he's not the greatest in the air and he's, he's not, not known, dominant. Yeah, he's not known, let's say, for physicality. And, I mean, speed as a, as a centre-back is it's a rare beast in terms of, it's a marginal gain that can really, really uh, make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Just what when you're saying there about his heading, I mean, if you compare him directly to Mings, uh, Mings' heading dual success for last season was 72%, and Torres' heading dual success was 55 So wow. while they're similar height, there's a big difference in, in how successful they are when they go for a dual in the header. Yeah, it's their playing style, isn't it? It's just you, you hope they will be able to complement each other. Because I, I actually think last season, especially Konza did compliment Mings really well you know was he, Konza was one of the highest if not the highest in the league for not being run past you know, yeah. his individual duels he was actually very good at so Torres will probably you know he's while we're buying a, a really top quality player and ultimately you don't play centre-back for Spain at any point if you're a bad player so we are buying an elite player we are obviously conscious that there might be a little bit of a bedding in period I'm glad he's actually arriving well before pre-season though so we will get a full pre-season yeah, um, I think in terms of the Spanish national team, there's there's a few question marks domestically about him because the Euros wasn't convincing. Then he got back and he was playing the Nation League qualifiers, and then after the World Cup, he played against Japan when they got beat. He hasn't been seen again. I mean, they didn't use him mm. in the the latter stages when they won the Nations League a few weeks ago. So that's maybe put off the big boys in yeah. Spain who obviously week in week out know what he's doing yeah or even the bigger premier league sides as well so that might be part of the uh, the conversation that he's not 100% there to be relied on at international level uh, just yet but you know center backs 26 is still on the youngish side in terms of where you're meant to be you know in, in terms of peak center back age it's kind of 28 onwards isn't it yeah, 28 to 30. So Emery's probably thinking, similar to maybe someone like a Telemans, where he thinks actually he's a very good player, been a little bit of a drop-off, but I can push him to where yeah. I need him to be. So it, it works in Torres's favour as well, where he's thinking, well, yeah. if I can rejoin with uh, Emery, that might be the that extra that I need from a coaching point of view to get me properly where I need to be in the national team as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And managers always like to have what they'll call like a sergeant on the pitch or a sergeant in, in the dressing room. You would think Torres will very much be Emery's sort of man on the pitch. Well, yeah, I don't see him being captain or anything like that. That you that'll be a very strange move to take it off him again. But certainly with the you know the native language, Spanish and everything else, he will be you know he'll be able to get Emery's ideas across and vice versa. And of course, it's another one in the crew with all the you know Martinez, Moreno, etc. There's a there's there's quite the little. Uh... Well, we don't know. He might he might be a goody two shoes. We don't know if he's. I hate all of them. <laughs> we don't know if he has the attributes to join the cartel just yet. So. Mm. 
But yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he's brave in possession is the big thing. Uh, it's it's all about how that's playing out the back transitions into attack uh, mm-hmm. in, in like liquid fashion is what they're and really controlling games. going for. But yeah, in terms of uh, who he replaces, we've kind of gone into that. I mean, I can't see past him and Mings at the moment. I mean, this is a good thing about and why it was important to get a good level of opposition in the preseason and, you know, serious games rather than playing bloody Telford and uh, Tamworth and whoever, because there's an element of competition, isn't there, this preseason. You're buying players, they've bought two players so far that weren't necessarily necessarily upgraded needs they are bang into the pit of competition i mean tillerman's straight in against a good level of a bunch of midfielders mm-hmm. and uh, the same here with torres he's got three well there's more but three main center backs that will be looking over their shoulder yeah i mean you compare to some of the business we did last year where you're buying you know augustinson bedner you're buying genuine squad filler emery's view will be i'm only buying guys who make us better yeah and also you're looking at there's a different term of squad filler now now you need a good quality squad because to play yeah. across more tournaments uh, more competitions essentially yeah. so you can buy tillemans to improve the squad but we're not saying he's squad filler He improves the squad yeah and the bench will start to look uh, a lot more muscular as well yes just a quick update on uh, the euro picture we won't we won't do media muppets we, we just wanted to get a, a show out rather quickly but we'll end on the europa conference league which actually after we win it next season will be renamed so we'll become a we'll become a trivia question won't we, we hopefully mm-hmm. we get to keep the trophy uh, when the trophy, it, yeah. once it gets renamed to uh, the uefa conference league some people have suggested they're getting rid of the Europa so they can invite Saudi teams into it. <laughs> people are getting cynical about the Saudis. Well, well, they should. But uh, at the moment, it's still a lot in the air about who will actually be playing or, well, should we say the main threats? Because Juve looks like they're going to take a ban on the chin. So that will be them out and Florentina in. So then... Then you've got we'll be seeded, and we'll be seeded. Yes, we're waiting on the the qualifying rounds. Uh, there's one of nine teams have to lose, and then we'll be seeded again. And then, in terms of main threats, you're obviously looking at the Italians, uh, the Germans, and the Spanish. And Osasuna were meant to be in, and his, they've got some historical problems with UEFA, which they are appealing. I think UEFA have given the nod, yeah, ban them, but they could be appealing. So if they get knocked out, my friends Atletico Bilbao would come in, which I, I kind of prefer that just because Villa have got a bit of history with them. Indeed we do. And they're a good bunch. And a lot of Villa fans have good memories of uh, those ties as well against them uh, in the previous UEFA yeah. Cup. In 97. And in the 70s as well. If uh, Osasuna appeal, then the decision could go uh, beyond the actual Conference League playoff draw round. If they win their appeal they would enter the playoff round, but if they lose the appeal, then it would be too late for Atletico Bilbao to enter the uh, Europa Conference League. So it's a bit of a mess at the moment in terms of finite uh, opposition. We can't really discuss the tournament in terms of main threats because the the main threats are are flaking about whether they'll actually be in the tournament or not. But as it stands, uh, we're projected to be in pot two in terms of the league or the group stages, if we do indeed get through that playoff round, which we have to get through over two legs 
So we will be in a group with either Juventus or Florentina, Eintracht Frankfurt, Club Bruges, Basel, AK, Alkmaar, Ghent, Dynamo Kiev for Fenerbahce. So could be a potentially decent team in our group. Funnily enough, Fiorentina have a lower coefficient than Villa. Yeah. So if they re- if they replace Juventus, then there's a chance that Villa could end up seated and playing Fiorentina in the playoffs. Yeah, as we, as we said, they would be a, that would be another way of getting seeded, which is strange considering they were in the final uh, yeah. <laughs> this season or the season just gone. Right. We will be back with another main show proper with all the little bells and trimmings. Until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.